Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duck Stream from the Paul Korea studio. I am your host, Alexis Downey. You are listening to episode number 35 already, and it is a new week. Hard to believe we're almost halfway through December already. A nice weekend off from Ducks games after the team's game on Friday versus the San Jose Sharks. And man, it was a disappointing 6-1 to loss on Friday night. The team played good through the first part of the game, but things just really fell apart. And the game got a bit physical in the end with some fights, Sam Carrick being a part of that. Now, head coach Dallas Akins did say that John Gibson was not feeling well after the game when asked in the media availability, and that is why Anthony Stolarz took to the net in the third period. Dallas also shared some more of his thoughts on the team's performance as they look ahead to the road trip that they're beginning. Man, you, you, you played a solid game against an elite team. You come out, you have a pretty good first 10 minutes. We, we take the penalty, and then it was like we just couldn't get going again. And uh, a lot of in, individual play, uh, which has really been unlike us. Like we, That's the one thing we really haven't seen a whole lot of is guys trying to do everything on their on their own. So we'll address it. We'll take a couple of things that we did well, but there'll, there'll be a, a, a lot of... Uh, reminders on what works for us and what doesn't and we were trying a whole lot of stuff that does not work in this league tonight I don't want to harp too much on Friday's game as overall it just wasn't a good night for the Ducks so let's look ahead to the road trip that they are on now a four game Canadian trip the trip includes games in Ottawa Toronto Montreal and then finishing up in Edmonton a lot of cold cities, and I'm certainly sure there is going to be a bit of snow, something that the Ducks are probably not used to. But me, being from the Midwest, definitely used to seeing it. Additionally, the times of the games this week are going to be early if you're planning on tuning in. Two 4 p.m. Pacific time games, a 4.30 game, as well as a 1 p.m. game. That one is on Saturday. Now, this is an important stretch of games for the Ducks as they look to add some wins. The Ducks have not done well on the road this season in particular. Their current record as of Monday being today is 2-11-3 this season on the road. However, I don't think the record is necessarily an indicator of the team's overall play on the road. There have been a number of games that they have played well in but haven't been able to close them out and get a win the Boston Bruins game is one in particular that stands out from early in the season where the Ducks played really well, but just could not find a way to win. So hopefully Anaheim is able to close out some of these games on the road and get a win before they head back home. A piece of team news ahead of the games this week, the Ducks recalled goaltender Lukash Dostal from the San Diego Gulls on Saturday. Dostal has a 6-13-0 record with the Gulls so far this season and a 2.88 goals against average. If you've listened to any of our Gulls reports here on Duckstream, then you know that Dostal has been a big part of the Gulls team this season, keeping them in a lot of games, and he has had to face a lot of shots on net. So this will be great to see what the young netminder can do at the NHL level now. Now also, Anthony Stolar's Ducks goaltender did not make the trip with the team as he has a lower body injury, thus the reason Dostal has been called up. 
It's time to look back at the weekend and go coast to coast to hear some of the best goal calls from around the NHL over the weekend. The Boston Bruins and Vegas Golden Knights faced off on Sunday. Two of the top teams in the NHL. The Bruins were able to pull out a 3-1 to win at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. And their go-ahead goal came from a beautifully threaded pass from Pavel Zaka to Jake DeBrusque in the third period who put the Bruins ahead. And that was all it took. Listen to the call from Bruins play-by-play Judd Surratt. Left circle, now Martinez centered. Angled by the Bruins up top, reaching to get it out as Hall. He comes together with Miramanov, a step now for Zaka. Saucers, DeBrusque, he scores! Some sweet sauce from Pavel Zaka. He floats an aerial pass to Jake DeBrusque, who buries it by Thompson. Bruins two, Golden Knights one. The Bruins lead the league with 45 points right now and are 7-2-1 in their last 10 games, just continuing to have a hot streak this season and impress. Next up, the Arizona Coyotes and Philadelphia Flyers faced off on Sunday. Two teams that have not necessarily played their best hockey this season, but that doesn't really come as a surprise as they weren't picked to be top contenders this season. Now the Coyotes played an absurd amount of road games already. And you can imagine that takes a toll on the group. If you look back at their schedule from November, a 14 game road trip. So it was obviously good for Arizona to be back at home over the weekend. And particularly on Sunday, Clayton Keller netted his very first NHL hat trick as Arizona won it in overtime. His third goal came on a patient play in the zone that would close out the game with a 5-4 to four Coyotes win. Bob Heathouse has the call for the goal. Keller stick handling to his left. Here's the shot. He scores! Clayton Keller with his first career NHL hat trick. And he ends it in overtime. What a shot by Clayton Keller who's being mobbed now by his teammates in the neutral zone. Hats are cascading down on the ice as the Arizona Coyotes see the Flyers tie the game at four late in regulation. Also see Philadelphia maintain possession for most of overtime, but it's Arizona that pulls out the win with 22.4 seconds left in OT. Clayton Keller with the rocket past Hart upstairs. And the Coyotes have won back-to-back games on home ice. Next up, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers faced off on Saturday, the Battle of Florida. And Tampa scored three unanswered goals in the third period to solidify the win at Amelie Arena. The Lightning have 35 points this season in the Atlantic and have been looking more steady as of late with wins in their last four of five games. Steven Stamkos netted goal number four on the night for the Lightning with 3.15 to go in the third period. A great passing play from Alex Kalorn to start this one. On the call, David Mishkin replays the moment. Paul, can he shovel it out? No, held an Ekblad, but Paul gets it back. Spins it out to center ice. Kalorn, maybe a 2 on 0 here. Kalorn across the line in front. Stamkos open. Deke shoots, score! Stamkos! He finishes on a 2 on 0. And Bobrovsky was in the net. That'll make it 4 to 1 with 3.15 left. Stamkos inching closer to goal number 500. That's goal number 496.
Lastly, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Calgary Flames faced off on Saturday in Mitch Marner continues his magic now up to a 22 game point streak. And it was a two point night for him on Saturday, but most importantly, he netted the overtime winner versus Calgary only 43 seconds into OT. And the team was also on the power play as a part of this. Joe Bowen has the call now. Back to the point now to Marner. Far side. Marner with a pass in and a shot scores! Mitchie Marner scores it in overtime! And the Leafs win it 5-4! to four. A couple last pieces of NHL news as we close out coast to coast. Connor McDavid surpassed the 50-point mark already this season. Two points in their game on Friday for Edmonton versus Minnesota and four points for him in the previous game versus Arizona last week. He's leading the NHL by no surprise with a total of 54 points already. And Alex Ovechkin added a few more goals over the weekend, so he is now within 97 goals from Wayne Gretzky's record. He is also only three goals away from reaching the 800 career goals mark. That should probably be happening soon, I would imagine. And lastly, a piece of NHL history. 30 years ago from Sunday the 11th, that being yesterday, Gary Bettman was elected as the NHL commissioner. So much has changed and the sport has evolved over the years with him at the helm. And I'm really excited to see the direction that the NHL continues to go. With Anaheim beginning their Canadian road trip this week, we checked in with Bruce Garriock ahead of the Ducks game in Ottawa on Monday night to get some insight on what we can expect to see from this game as well as how Ottawa has fared this season. Listen in in this next segment. Joining Light the Lamp now is post-media hockey columnist Bruce Garriock who covers the Ottawa Senators. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good to talk to you. How's the weather up in Ottawa? You know what? We just had, uh, we've been fortunate. We've dodged the snow and we just had our first bit of snow here in the last couple of days. So we actually had to shovel today, which is a first. And uh, we are expecting one huge snowstorm on Friday. So the Ducks will be lucky to avoid that. <laughs> Flying out before then, but they've certainly got some other games that will be up in Canada too to get adjusted to that weather. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been very nice, and I had to start my snowblower for the first time today, so that is not a good thing. <laughs> well, this is this is my first season without snow. I'm originally from the Midwest, so I know what that is like entirely. Exactly. <laughs> well, you've been covering the Senators since the very beginning. What has the journey been like for you? Well, I think you know it's been interesting, obviously, uh, to see this team from day one. Uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, I saw them build through the late 90s and become a perennial playoff team. And, you know, it's interesting because they're honoring Wade Redden tonight with the Ring of Honor before the game. And he spent 11 seasons with the Senators and never missed the playoffs before he left. And, um, you know, he was there when the club went to the Stanley Cup final in 2007 and lost five games to the Ducks. And, uh, you know, I was I was there as well. And, and, you know, I thought when they got close that year that they would get close again. And really, other than a trip to the Eastern Conference final in 2017, which was in, in some ways less 
almost accidental. Uh, they really haven't been close at all. So, uh, you know, watching this rebuild now and, and, and thinking that maybe they'd be, be a bit more competitive this year. But I, I always tell anyone who asks me about my job, I could be working. And, um, you know, to cover a team from day one to where they are now and to hopefully they get back to the playoffs here sometime in the next couple of years. It's, it's been a great it's been a great ride. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, it's something I, I enjoy every day. And, and obviously uh, being able also to be part of the, the TV broad, broadcast with TSN has mm-hmm. also brought me some good exposure. So it's been nice. Now, it does seem like Ottawa has been finding more of an identity as of late. What has been the difference? Well, I think there's been a couple things. Um, And I think it actually started in that game in Anaheim on uh, the afternoon game at at, uh, Thanksgiving. I want to say American Thanksgiving, but (laughs) it is Thanksgiving (laughs) to you. Um, um, you know, that, that Thanksgiving Day game where they scored five goals against Ducks, I think that kind of got them um, turned around a little bit and gave them some confidence. And since then, there's been a couple things. Number one, I think they're playing much better in their own end than they probably have all season um, in in the last eight games. And the other the other aspect that has been better is the goaltending. And obviously, you have to get timely goal scoring. But uh, I think Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg have both gone through their own share of struggles. Mm-hmm. And I think that that hand in hand with with getting the saves that they need to, uh, they've also been able to win some games as a result. Because obviously, this team is not where anybody expected. They made a right. lot of changes in the offseason, right? You know. They brought in Alex Brinkett from Chicago. They brought in Claude Giroux as a free agent signing. They acquired Cam Talbot from the uh, from the Minnesota Wild for for a prospect goaltender here, Phil Gustafson. So I think people just expected this team to immediately be a playoff contender. But one of the things they didn't address was their their back end. And, and quite sure, quite frankly, they they've struggled defensively uh, at many times this season. And you talk about Cam Talbot a little bit. Uh, he played in the first meeting between the Ducks and Senators this season. But how have you seen him fitting in in his first year with the Senators? Well, he's been he's been good. Um, he's he's you know obviously he he broke a rib in his first game. Um, his first they played a doubleheader in Toronto. I want to say around September twenty first in their first preseason games, and he broke a rib. And um, that kind of set him back. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things that uh, when, when he came back, he's he's been good at times. Um, one of the things he has to do tonight that I think would be very helpful to him, quite frankly, Alexis, is, is win a home game. Mm-hmm. Because he hasn't been able to do that since he got here. And while he's been good many nights, he's also struggled many nights. and. And if he's struggling, then the team struggles. But I, I think that uh, for the most part, he's been solid. I think if they're a competitive team, um, you know, he's got the ability to be here next year. If they can find their way back into a into the playoff picture, if not, I could certainly see him as a guy that they will entertain moving at the deadline because 
at 35 years old, he is an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a couple of goaltenders in the minors uh, that they that they like. One being uh, Mad Sogard, who's in Belleville right now, and I think at some point or another, Sogard is going to be the backup here. I, you know, I think to to Anton Forsberg, and, and at some point, I also think Sogard will be started. One of the team's storylines this season has been the fact that they are on the market for sale right now. A couple of names have been thrown around, Ryan Reynolds being one of them. Have you seen this have any effect on the day-to-day with the organization? Well, I, it, it's interesting you ask that because that I think that's one of the things that we kind of wonder about. Mm-hmm. You know, through the course of training camp, they they, time, they, signed, uh, they signed Tim Stilza to a long-term deal just on the on the uh eve of training camp uh there's some pieces of business that have to be taken care of um before the trade deadline one being the signing of uh of uh, veteran defenseman artem zub who has been solid for them and who won't play tonight because he's out with a uh, uh he's out with a, a facial injury he he broke a bone in his jaw he took a puck in the face mm-hmm. 10 days ago in uh, new york but he's an unrestricted free agent. He's a very important piece of the puzzle on the blue line. And he's got to be signed to a to a contract. Now, there are people here wondering, okay, well, can they sign a guy like Zub to a, to a long-term deal? I've been told that it's business as usual. But, but I think it, it's going to be difficult under this ownership group to make uh, long-term commitments. I don't think... Mm-hmm. Anybody, Alexis, can sign an eight-year deal. But if they want to sign Zub to something between four and five years, I think they can do that. I think they're probably talking about it. Um, I think they're I think they're confident that they will be able to get something done with Artem Zub. But that's that's one of the questions, right? Is is can it just be business as usual? Um, I think uh that. Uh, if they're to make any deal and, and they, they were trying to move defenseman uh, Nikita Zaitsev uh, before they sent him to Belleville and brought him back because of injuries, I think at this point, because of where money is at, I think it's got to be a money in, money out situation. So that I think their payroll is right where they want it to be. and But I think that, that certainly the expenses have been kind of clamped down on since since the team did formally go up for sale. And that process usually takes quite a bit of time to be finalized. So have there been any rumblings of when, you know, if there are any serious interests in particular that maybe this could get done sooner than expected? Well, I think I've always felt, and since this process started, I've always felt that by mid-January, we'll know who's going to own the Ottawa Senators. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think it's going to take four or five months after that, and maybe six before all the paperwork is done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when 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 Eugene Melnick bought the centers in two thousand three, I think he made the deal at the end of January, and the paperwork um, he bought out of bankruptcy then. But I think the paperwork was done in May. the The big thing here is the clock is ticking on whoever buys this team. Uh, the Senators last June won the right, uh, won preferred bidder status, it's called, with the National Capital Commission. The National Capital Commission is a government agency 
that runs uh, all the federal lands in Canada, uh, they won the right to build an arena at La Breton Flats. La Breton Flats is a a piece of land uh, located about a 10 minute walk from Parliament Hill. Um, it's, It's essentially going to be a downtown arena. The the light rail transit uh, runs right through there. It's it's a main it's a main hub. Um, it would bring uh, business that back to that downtown core after the last couple of years of COVID and people haven't quite returned to their offices here in Ottawa. Um, but all this to say, they've signed a memorandum of, of understanding with the NCC to build on six acres of land. I think that it also includes hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that deal has to be done and papered by September. So whoever comes in as the new owner, this this is why the, I think there's been so much interest in this team, Alexis. Is yeah. That, that, like, not only is this, this a deal about buying a young team that's in a good position to start winning, it's also about buying but a real estate deal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why this is when, when all is said and done, when you include the rink in the team, I think this, this deal could well be, could be well in the area of $2 billion. Well, when we look back at this team now, particularly with the power play, they've been doing well seventh in the league right now, overall. Now for the ducks, the penalty kill has been a problem for them this season. So when you look at that, in addition to everything else going into tonight's game, what else are you expecting to see in this matchup? Well, it's interesting because Alex DeBrincat, who scored Saturday, uh, got a fortunate bounce off uh, Dante Favreau's stick uh, to beat UC Saro Saturday in Nashville, uh, wasn't on the ice today, mm-hmm. and neither was Talbot. Talbot is expected to start. I think he's just got a cold or maybe he wasn't feeling well because mm-hmm. he was at the rink this morning. In the case of Debrinkat, DJ uh, um, Smith did say that one player was nicked up. So I think Debrinkat might be nicked up. Now losing him uh, would be a blow for this team. Um, I know he's only got seven goals, but he does have 21 points in the 26 games he's played this season. Uh, he's been a smart player. He's been a good addition. Does he have to score more goals? Yes, he does. Uh, but one of the areas have, the centers have struggled is on home ice. And quite frankly, they played one of their worst games of the season last Tuesday when they dropped a 5-2 decision to the LA Kings here. And they were they were out of the game essentially, you know, 10 minutes into it when they were down 4-1. So they have got to get off to a better start here. They have to bring the kind of energy that they've had in their last two or three road games. They have to bring that home with them. And they've got to, they, they should have a pretty good crowd tonight. So they've got to play well in front of that crowd. You know, they're they're They have relied a lot on their power play, but they, they, they need their first and sec their, their first sec line of Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla and closure has been excellent, but if Debrinkat does play tonight, they need more consistency from him and Shane Pinto and uh, and Drake Batherson. And they did have a five-point uh, game Saturday in Nashville, but they need to do stuff like that a little more regularly. And the team will be wearing their reverse retro jerseys tonight for the second time this season. Are you a fan of them? 
Uh, you know what? I, I didn't like them. It's kind of funny because <laughs> I didn't like them when I just saw them. But when, when they put them on and wore them on the ice, I think they're pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the best one, they, the, the best kind of um, third jersey they've done is, um, I thought the one they played at the outdoor game, the Heritage Classic, in 2017 against the Montreal Canadiens with the silver O. I thought that was fantastic. I, I really, I thought, gee, you know, on the on the other ones that they just changed the striping a little, but I actually, I do like them. I, I think they look pretty good. And and sometimes when you just see people wearing those, just the jersey itself, it, it doesn't, I don't think it strikes the same mm-hmm. tone as it does when they have the full uniform on. And I, I really like the... Um, I like the, uh, the it's interesting because the numbering is bigger and the names are bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh, as someone who's getting older, I like that as well. <laughs> I, can see the, I can certainly see them better. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's interesting you make the comment about seeing them on the ice versus, you know, on a fan wearing them too. Because when I look at the Ducks reverse retro jerseys this year, I really like that they paired them with orange pants. I think it makes them stand out a little bit more. And I've had yeah. that same thought as well. Yeah, no, like it's pretty cool. It's like, I, I kind of wish, I know they won't do it, but I'd love to see the Philadelphia Flyers. I know they wear them for <laughs> warm up, but I'd love to see them wear those Cooper <laughs> For 60 minutes, I bet you the players wouldn't want to. No, I cannot imagine they'd want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you look at the NHL as a whole this season, I mean, there's certainly been some surprises, some things that I I have been blown away by, per se. But have you been surprised at the way that the season has played out for any particular team so far? Well, I think, you know, I think when you talk to to anybody – I think they would they'll tell you that the in in my opinion the way that the the uh Seattle Kraken have played has been a just a I think a total shock. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think that you you look at you look at them and they're just I don't know like I don't know what is it skill is it just are they just playing well as a team? Um to me they've been a real surprise. Um, and the other one is the, the, the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. I think when I looked at the Boston Bruins at the start of the season, I thought, geez, you know, they want to march on, they don't have McAvoy. Um, they're going to get off to a tough start and they have just come flying out of the gates. You know, they've only got five losses in 27 games. And to me, they've also been a surprise. And, and, and I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, Ottawa isn't a surprise to me in some way, shape, or form because I didn't think that um, I thought they would be in the mix for a playoff spot at this point. They're not, and I think that has some people in Ottawa disappointed with where they're at. Bruce Garriock, great to have you join us here on Duck Stream today. Enjoy the game tonight. Great, thanks. Great to talk to you anytime. And it's time for my final quack for this episode where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show. As always, puck drop for the Ottawa Senators and your Anaheim Ducks is at 430 Pacific time tonight. That being Monday night. And you can listen to the call right here on Duckstream from Steve Carroll, Dan Wood, and Josh Brewster. And make sure to stick around this week as there will be plenty more Ducks hockey right here on Duckstream. 
Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Come back again for more hockey talk here on Duckstream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.